team sports and podcast, radio, and reaching listeners in today's busy world. Welcome to the Radio Rally on the Clubhouse app. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving good advice, hearing stories from some amazing radio people, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's live event, of course, will be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast, and will become available soon after the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events, and of course, JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Meet our guest live on Clubhouse or subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. The Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and the Encouragers The Radio Rally Podcast are both on Apple, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcast. Today, November 15th, 2021, Chuck Nance uh, does Afternoon Drive as the co-host on Country 103.7 Charlotte, North Carolina, and says he's the professional tailcoat rider for Debbie Nance. We'll hear about that. We also have uh, the quite amazing and wonderful Ashley Wilson, who is the director of country programming for iHeart Media, Kentucky, Indiana, and the programmer of WAMZ. And uh, she is going to be our co-host today, along with her guest, which is Brittany Tully, who is a programmer herself, podcaster, and co-host of Mommy on the Go, which has my favorite spelling of go, because I'm from Louisiana. And if you're an LSU fan, you know there's only one way to spell it. That's G-E-A-U-X. Before we get started, right now with this live event on Clubhouse, don't forget next Monday, Don Anthony will be here, president of Talent Masters. You you probably know him, of course, always uh, from Morning Show Boot Camp, and uh, he is going to be a great get-together visit uh, to talk about radio today, personalities today, what's going on today with radio personalities. That is next Monday. See our guest calendar all the way through the end of the year. Actually, we're starting to book people in January and maybe February. Uh, Our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com is where you see all of our guests. We have encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series. And of course, more encouragement for local radio sellers, because that's a really tough job with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone in the radio business today. We do not lock away anything on our site the way some consultants do. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime and see what you can get for free from our team. Please follow the people on the stage during this live event. Look around the room for people that you can connect with as well tonight. And the reason we encourage that is because if you want to encourage your career, uh, definitely networking is a powerful tool. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Higher ratings are not a mystery. It's a practice. It's actually what we do. I take absolute joy in helping broadcasters just like you gain advantage in your individual markets. Resources, ideas, encouragement for on-air programming and sales to pull your ratings and revenue ahead. If you know somebody who 
would like to have a little bit additional help, you can have them reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Listen, when you listen to a live event with us or you listen to our podcast, you might be tempted to think we're big talkers about being encouragers. That's not true. Here's another example of how we are encouraging radio pros at all levels, no matter what you're doing in the radio business. Our next special live event of this kind is the 2022 sales liftoff planning a bigger revenue year. This is for your sales team, sales managers, market managers, Thursday, January 13th, 2 p.m. Eastern, a little bit different time for us, 11 a.m. Pacific. And of course, it'll be right here on the Clubhouse app. And of course, this will be a revenue focused event that we plan to do quarterly for sales managers, market managers, and local radio sellers. We will lay out planning and get this actionable items that you can walk away with to amp up your Q1 revenue and find out more about what we're going to do with this event across 2022. Our special guest in this current uh, event will be Alec Drake, who is the former director of sales for Cumulus Media Dallas, and will have two additional revenue partners at our roundtable and give you actionable red meat sales ideas and sales help for 2022. Let's check in with Ashley Wilson from Louisville, WAMZ. She's the director of country programming for iHeart Kentucky, Indiana. How are you, Ashley? I'm great, Lloyd. Always a pleasure. Appreciate you asking me to fill in tonight. Oh, I'm so grateful to have you. You're always such a pleasant uh, person that always brings a great perspective for us. Listen, I love this quote from you. Quote, in a few short years, I went from watching Luke Combs sing acapella in a small auditorium at Appalachian State to playing him on the radio. Sometimes I have to pinch myself. I and about to make another move. I know great things come from taking risk and dreaming big, unquote. Do you get some inspiration from Luke Combs chasing his dreams in country music and, and watching him climb? And by the way, what what is it you think that makes Luke so darn special? Because he is different, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, so uh, a little background there. I'm a few years older than Luke, but we were both at Appalachian State University at the same time. And much like it was for me, I I'm sure it was an agonizing decision for him as well to leave his hometown area and, and take off into the un unknown. And right. Uh, I saw him do it and I was like, you know, what's, what's stopping me from doing this? I, I, I got to know what else is out there because we're from small town mountain, North Carolina, and our world is very small in that place. And it's a, it's a wonderful, amazing world. The time moves a little bit slower there, <laughs> but um, for both of us, there's a, there is a top to to where you can get in that world, and oh right, and you have to look outside of that world if if you want to 
it, it, you have to expand your horizon. So yes, there have been some parallels between the two of us and there's absolutely nothing wrong with staying at home and making that your world. But for both of us, I, I think that we saw that there were bigger things out there. And um, yeah, he's absolutely been an inspiration to me. Um, a, a lot of things have changed for both of us over the last few years. When I posted that online, that was in 2016. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yes, that was five years ago. And Luke and I were both at Appalachian State University and knew each other, um, say, around 2010 or so. And um, he, he left before I did. I left in 2014. And, and yeah, um, <laughs> two, two and a half years later, we were playing Hurricane on the radio in eastern North Carolina. And then it just kind of exploded from there but i would just recommend that if you have not listened to his song doing this which he premiered on the cma awards the other night definitely go listen to it watch the video read the lyrics i think that song says everything you need to know about luke Combs. in that so, um you just have to be passionate about what you're doing and, and it doesn't matter if it's on the biggest stage the, the cma awards or if it's your hometown dive bar you gotta love what you do so now, wait a minute. Backstage with you when you're at a Luke Combs show is different than backstage for the rest of us, right? <laughs> I mean, Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it immediate when he sees you? I'm sure that you guys are like, oh, my God. I'm not going to claim that we're besties or anything, but we definitely have mm. a shared connection. And I, we both acknowledge that this is where we started and this is where we're at. And All right. It is, and mind-blowing <laughs> and so before we get to your guest i just want to go back to this one question what is it that you think makes luke combs so special because he look he's a little bit different and he's very successful it's the authenticity uh mm. this guy's never put on a front about anything he's always been himself and he is the same guy that I knew when we were at Appalachian State University and he was 19, 20 years old. And I, like I said, go watch the video for that song. Uh, the guy that's in the video, his name is Adam Church. The song again is doing this and um, Adam stayed at home. And Adam is the guy that was out there playing all those shows with Luke when he was cutting his teeth and, and trying mm -hmm. to, to start his career and um it's it's just it, it's all very mind-blowing to me and luke has not forgotten those people that helped him in the very beginning that were always there for him and that's definitely the situation with adam and a lot of other people and he's extremely gracious i mean he acknowledges me every time i see him it's it's nice. It's crazy. It really you is. Always, you, you always want success to come to the nicest people. And, and I'm just going to mention that, you know, the other night on the CMAs, he made a point to go, Alan Jackson said my name twice. It, this is the biggest artist in country music. He's like, he said my name twice. Did you did everybody see that? He said my name twice. <laughs> I thought that was pretty humble of him. You've got a great guest for us tonight. Yeah, I was so excited when you asked me to co-host again. And um, this person is someone that I think the world of, and you call this group the encouragers, and I could not think of a better person 
to be here tonight because um, she inspires me and she has just done so much over these last few years that um, it just blows me away. I mean, she had three kids within a three-year period. She has started a brand. She is a personal trainer. She she just does it all. Um, I would even go so far to call her an entrepreneur. And um, she is my friend, Brittany Tolley, out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I had the pleasure of getting to know and working with Brittany when we were both at iHeartMedia in Louisiana. And um, I'm just thrilled to have her on the show tonight. Hi. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, Brittany, I want to start here because, you know, this last two years have been extremely challenging for everybody. Um, it's been very challenging for people who work in the radio or audio business. There's been a ton of unknowns. And um, you were dealt a blow in your career in January of 2020, which was before the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think that that prepared you better for the pandemic versus like a lot of people that were surprised by it and kind of caught off guard by layoffs and, and reductions in force and whatnot? You know, th that's a really tough um, question to answer, but I can say this. Short story is, yes, um, you know, you never really want to get laid off. Um, I was caught up in the first round of the iHeart layoffs, uh, one of the first companies and the first round ever. I mean, yeah, we all know what happened with Clear Channel back in 08, but this was, you know, years past. And so, um, you know, the, the very first round from any company, it totally caught us all off guard. I mean, I kind of knew it was coming because my SVPP, my senior vice president of programming, uh, they and the market president got an invite among 200 to 300 programmers to go up to New York City on a whim. Uh, they were going to roll out this new technology and, and they wanted uh, everybody to fly up. And so I'm like, huh. Well, you know, I was thinking, okay, um, that's weird, but but okay, cool. And then I'll just stay back and get my work done. And LSU, um, LSU Tigers, <laughs> GEAUX, um, we went to the SEC uh, championship game. Um, we won world champions, um, tears of joy. The whole city shut down. I walk in the next morning, get hand uh, the layoff dealt card. Um, so I'm on this high of LSU winning, you know, of course. And I'm like, okay. I was like, this is not how I expected 2020 to, to end up. But then that thing you know, came about two months later. Um, by that point, you know, we all heard rumors of this virus that was going around the world. I, by that point in January of 2020, you heard uh, some fierce bug was traveling around China. And, you know, I kept thinking, I'm like, ain't no way. I'm like, it's one of those, it's one, it's one of the many, you know, kind of like, um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of like, what was it, the Ebola virus and, and stuff like that. So you're thinking, oh, no way it can shut the, shut the whole world down. Well, it did. And so, you know, I think it prepared short story um, back, to, back to your question. It prepared me 
Totally. Because when I get, well, when I got laid off, I had to sit back and become, um, I was always the mom. I'm a mother of three. My oldest is four. I have two year old twins. And so I was already playing the mom role. And then my husband, his own Allstate business in March of 2020, he was actually in Nashville training to open up that business when I called him and I said, babe, I just got laid off and he thought I was joking and, and I wasn't. And so um, I'm without my spouse. I'm, I'm trying to be a mom. I had to go get him out of daycare that day. It kind of like forced me to step back and remember what was important. And so when the whole world shut down in March of 2020, um, I was even forced to, to be mom again, if you know what I mean. I mean, of course I was the mom, but um, I would have rather got laid off before Rona than after because it kind of like slowly but surely God helped me um, kind of find my vision and without giving it, giving me the hardest blow ever. Like imagine if it would have happened back to back to back. I mean, it did, but in a different perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, before we move forward about in regard to how you address losing your job let's mm -hmm. talk about how you got to where you were at that point and a little bit of your background so a little bit of my background um i am a broadcasting major uh in college and it's funny that ashley wilson you know i don't ever know if we made that i of course we did ashley uh we made that connection but the sun belt uh, conference and football um you may or may not be aware some of some of y'all in the room like of, of course football has all these conferences but in the Sun Belt they had Appalachian State and UL Lafayette um I know we made that connection before Ashley but technically we were rivals um in, in <laughs> colleges you know and so so it's kind of funny but UL Lafayette University of Louisiana at Lafayette here in Louisiana we're kind of the little brother to LSU um and I'm okay with that. I, I, I didn't go to LSU. That's okay. <laughs> but I do live in Baton Rouge now. I'm a broadcasting major, um, English major. I double majored. And when I was in school, uh, they make you take these internships. And thank God they did. And it was my capstone class that I had to graduate. And so I chose to start in radio. And I remember telling the program director uh, at the time before before I finished my hours, before I graduated, I said, I've had a blast. Uh, let me know when you're hiring. And he said, well, we like you and we are hiring and we're hiring you if you're okay with that, if you want to start your journey in radio. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, yes, you know? Mm. And so I was like, how much is the pay? <laughs> and we all know where that's going. And he's like, 7.25 an hour. And he's like, you might only make like 22 hours a week of that. And I'm like, oh, Okay, you know, and so I, I at that point I knew I had to work my tail off to get to where I wanted to go, and I was okay with that. And so I started off as a board op, well, intern first, board op second, made my way up to uh, working middays. Now, this is all in top 40 radio, by the way. Uh, at the time, I did top 40 radio, made my way board to middays, um, middays to middays and weekends. And then I actually got turned down once before for the assistant program director position and music director. Come on. At, at that station, it was combined um, with afternoon drive. And I remember um, I went to my boss and basically in a roundabout way, I wasn't ready. And so they brought in this fella whose dad owned a TV station in town, had the voice of a legend this guy on radio and at the time i was very green um my voice was not very well 
Um, I had a speech impediment, which I actually worked on throughout my career. And I busted tail to fix it. I still kind of do, but it's a lot better. And, and uh, you know, I just, I felt a blow. I'm like, okay, um, I guess I didn't get the job. Well, I kept trying. Well, the guy eventually, um, he left. He exited the company. And I went to my boss again. And I said, I think I, I have earned this uh, position. I said, I fought hard. I'll keep fighting. Um, let me know what I can do. You know, and about a week passed. And he interviewed other people. And he approached me. And I got it. And so I got the afternoon drive position, the MD, the APD position. And I did that for about three or four years. A lot of hard work. Um, to me, I was still very bad on the air. You know, I don't know how the Lord gave me that job, but he did. And, and so I got that job and I worked hard and worked hard. And that's when I, um, sought out, uh, program director jobs because I said, I want to keep challenging myself and my career. And so I found one, it was 101.5 WINK in Baton Rouge. It, uh, there's a heritage country station with, um, a radius you can hear it all the way to the other end of the state, all the way up to the top of the boot, all the way down to the bottom, all the way to Mississippi. It is a powerful um, signal in Louisiana for, for that station. And so, you know, I, I grew up listening to the station. I was born and raised in a, in a city um, probably about 50 to 70 miles southwest of Baton Rouge. And so I said, I got to work there. I want to be the program director there. So I walked in, I actually walked in and talked to the senior vice, uh, senior vice president of programming at the time and nervous as can be. And when I walked in, he looks at me and he goes, yes. um, and, and I want to talk to you. And he kind of looks at his phone and he's like, well, I don't really have time, but I'll make time. And, and like, he was kind of stunned, you know? Well, he told me, and still to this day, he told me nobody walks in anymore. Um, like nobody walks in anymore, you know, for jobs. And he's like, when you did that, that let me know how much you wanted it and how much your passion is for radio because nobody does that anymore. Um, and so that kind of, I didn't get the, didn't job, get the then. job then. And, uh, I kept trying, kept trying, um, months passed. They actually hired somebody from within the company at iHeart. Well, they restructured. I actually kept in touch with this guy. Um, so Lloyd wants to talk about network, network, network. You got to network and you got to be able to hold on to those network relationships because you never know when that door is going to fling back open again. So I kept in touch with this guy. Well, I told him, I said, hey, I'm coming back into Baton Rouge because uh, the top 40 station I was at at the time was about an hour and 15 minutes away from Baton Rouge. So I would come in all the time, you know, just to like make friends and say hello and I said, hey, I'm coming back in today. Um, I would love to chat with you. I'm actually going to go talk to your competitor. I didn't, I didn't say it like that. That was kind of, you know, but I was like, I'm going across town um, to talk radio. Let me know if you're free. And he goes, uh-uh, come talk to me. And he goes, I am free. Come talk to me. Well, long story short, he's like, hey, we're hiring again. And um, let, let, let's just, you know, go through the process. Well, obviously, you have to interview several different people and um i dropped down to about three left in the interview process and the next thing you know i got to be the pd of this station i grew up loved cried um you know i went from making 725 an hour to money i mean it still wasn't great money but money i never would have thought i would have made 11 years ago you know what i mean and it just shows that you just, you have to keep knocking on doors, even when you feel the most defeated. And even when you feel like um, they're going to keep telling me no, you're going to get a lot of no's in this industry. I, 
a lot of tears I have cried, but you keep networking and you hold on to those relationships. That's the one thing I kind of learned about my journey. And we could, we could touch on that later, Ashley, but it, that, that that's a little bit about me and kind of my journey in radio. And now I'm not in the business anymore. I mean, I am, but I'm not um, programming currently for a station in this business, but that's kind of where I am, how I landed where I am and uh, lots of co voice coaching work. I actually had to take speech lessons because I said, I can't keep sounding like this on the radio, you know? <laughs> well, Brittany, you are from a very um, unique and amazing part of the country. And I think that your voice is very important, especially to where you're at. It is important for people to feel representation as far as where they live and to hear people that sound just like them. So I don't want you to beat yourself up over that. Um, but I, you mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago that you had to fight, fight, fight. And I think that's the perfect adjective for you is that you are a fighter. I mean, I, I saw you do it with your two twins when they were in the NICU. I saw you do it with your station when we were together there in Louisiana. And I see you do it now. Um, you, you know, you were dealt that devastating blow right before the pandemic that you would have to be that, that you would have to leave your job not by your choice, that you had fought so hard for. Um, talk about what's kind of happened over the last couple of years since that since that's happened and, and, and what's been going on with you. So, you know, January of 2020, y'all, it feels like we have been in this uh, pandemic for 18 years. I'm not going to lie, you know, because <laughs> January 2020, God, that seems like four years ago, but it really wasn't. You know, it, it's... I, I, so since January of 2020, and you know, I actually, you want to talk about the babies and the NICU. So when my twins were born, they were born in, um, oh gosh, mama forgets. No, it's March of 2019. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, 10 to 11 months later or, or eight or nine months later, um, that's when the layoffs happen. Well, within that whole year in 2019, my babies had to be hospitalized twice with RSV. Uh, they were premature. Their lungs weren't developed. And so they had to be uh, hospitalized twice. Um, my husband's mom passed away in the middle of all this. Uh, radio layoffs happened. It was just, it was a whirlwind. And so when the layoffs happened, I just kind of sat back and said, well, what's next for me? I worked hard to become a PD. Um, I love radio. Y'all, I was in labor with my twins down into the radio station scheduling music in pain. And I'm like, because I knew that things had to get done. And I I remember like emailing Word documents out and my boss, uh, the one, same one that gave me the job. He's like, you need to get off the computer and go have those babies, you know? And so um, I just, I kept sitting back and thinking, gosh, I worked so hard to get to where I am. What do I do now? And um, I, I applied to different radio stations. Well, obviously, we know that uh, different companies like Intercom at the time, Cumulus, they kind of had a small round of those. Every, every other company was doing the same thing, laying off people, restructuring. So I said, do I really want to get back in radio right now? You know? And I sat back and I kept trying and I kept getting job offers. I, I can count on two hands how many job offers I got in the first couple of months. But my husband just opened up this Allstate agency 
we couldn't move just yet. So that, that was the catch. That was the dilemma. I got uh, offered OM positions, uh, operation, uh, operational uh, management material, you know, positions. And I, I kept having to turn them down because I couldn't move. And so with that being said, um, I knew if I wanted to get another job in radio, I would probably have to move. And I said, well, you know, let me close the book for now on radio. Not that I want to, because it was the hardest thing I ever had to do, um, was say, I'm going to give up radio for now. Um, I fell into a deep depression. I cried a lot because I just kept thinking, well, I'm a broadcasting major. I'm an English major. I don't want to go teach, you know, so, so what do I do? marketing and graphic design well a uh, realm excuse me and i kept um you know i kept fiddling around with things i helped my husband open up his business uh, a lot of geo targeting geo fencing google advertisements facebook doing live events not live like i wasn't on a remote broadcast but you know I, like i'm interacting with people on public at these different um events around town and so i did a lot of that helped him get established and 2021 comes knocking and I told my husband at the time I said um I would like to do something that's my own again I love you to death but this is your business I would like to do something that that's me and so I started uh, applying at different jobs well in the middle of all this too I'm sorry I went back to tv I actually uh had a while I was in radio, I also did TV news here and there. TV news also doesn't pay. So sometimes you'll see a lot of radio people doing TV news at the same time. Well, I did that during my career at Top 40. And I said, I don't like news. Um, I'm, I'm never going back to it. You know, well, I, this time around in 2020, I said, well, why not? Let, let me go back and see what happens. And I became an assignments manager at NBC 33, which it, you may or may not know any anything about news in this room. But short story is it was it's a manager that sits at the desk in a newsroom. And here's the calls coming in on the scanners uh, where you send a reporter out. You work with the news director. You know, you're kind of the brain of the newsroom. Um, so it was a lot. It was a very stressful job. And I said, you know, I, I still don't like news. I'm getting out of it again. Um, I actually had a career uh, dream when I was a little girl to be a news anchor. It's funny how that works out, right? Mm -hmm. Well, well, so anyways, 2020 comes a knock in 2021. I'm sorry. Um, helped my husband open his business. I was a news in 2020. I said, well, what do I do? I don't want to do news. I want to get away from my husband's business. So what do I do? So I kept applying and next thing you know, an assistant marketing director position came available at an auction house. Um, and I thought, I'll never like auctions. Um, I don't know a thing about auctions. Like, what am I going to do? You know, and so um, they hired me. And I said, well, sink or swim, I know how to do marketing. I know how to do um, campaigns, marketing campaigns, Google ads, analytics, SEOs graphic design. I'm just going to make magic happen. I don't know anything about the auction business, but let's play. And so um, I fell in love with the auction business. I'm not going to lie. It's so old school. It's unreal. They have the auctioneer up on there, um, hollering out numbers, uh, like going once, going twice, sold, you know, that kind of thing. And, and to be honest, I, I've told Ashley this before. I never would have thought that I loved something just as much as I did radio. It's almost like I found my passion again. Um, and you know what's funny? 
I voice all of our radio ads that go out to these companies. So I still get to do what I love, just different, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so you're still on the radio after all. And I think that the, the important message here is that your skills in the radio business are translatable to a lot of other things. I, I see people time and time again um, that I've interacted with online and whatnot that have been dealt blows um, within the audio industry. And they seem to think that sometimes they're not a candidate for jobs outside of our business. And they absolutely are. Mm -hmm. Um, But Brittany, I want to leave some time for our other guest, Chuck. I want to leave it on this note. Um, You are starting your own brand with this podcast, Mommy on the Go. And this is kind of another way for you to capitalize on that experience that you've had within the audio industry. And it also kind of helps keep you keep your feet wet as as far as radio and audio goes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I promise to keep this one really short, Chuck. (laughs) But um, so I had a podcast called uh, Country Mom when I was at iHeart in the country uh, business for those three years as a PD. And uh, basically, how does mom do it all? Um, A mom who is in the spotlight on the radio. She's a programmer. Um, She meets these artists. She gets to hang out with the labels and she still has to do a job and still be a mom. How does mom do it all? We don't know. We just somehow do it. And so um, when I got laid off, iHeart kept the rights to that podcast. So it took me a while. And I actually, when I got real depressed about the radio layoffs, I kept saying, well, I'm going to get to it. I'll relaunch it. New brand name. I'll, I'll keep getting to it. Well, we know how depression can be. If you don't have it, you know someone who does. And we just keep putting it on the back burner. And so finally, um, I just kept saying, you know what? I need to get out of this funk that I'm in. And as of two months ago, um, I launched a podcast, rebranded, same concept, Mommy on the Go, G-E-A-U-X. And the girl who is my co-host, she and I worked in Top 40 Radio for nine years. And so she has her own following because she was actually on the morning show. Um, bigger following than me, but just as loved. I love her to death. And she has that following in Lafayette, which is that city that's 30 miles west of Baton Rouge. And I have my following in Lafayette still and in Baton Rouge here. So I was like, you know what? We're going to create this podcast and saturate the market with the marketing that I knew to do. You know, And so um, it's delayed and we're coming out with our first episode um, Hurricane Ida happened down here and um, life happens. But our first episode will be coming out um, this week or next. And it is mommy on the go, G E A U X dot com. So, um, you know, even with layoffs and even when you have to fight for your rights party <laughs> in this industry, um, there's always a way, always a way. So never get defeated. Well, Brittany, you're always an inspiration to me. I love you so much. And I'm thrilled that you could be our guest tonight. And I hope you serve as an inspiration to other folks in the radio and broadcast business that um, may be facing some difficult challenges. Well, thank you for having me, Ashley. And I'm sorry if I ramble. It's the Cajun accent in me, (laughs) y'all. Man. Well, listen, thank you, Ashley. And thank you, Brittany. You know, look, I, I think the people especially on the programming side of radio, have these incredible, amazing talents. And 
oftentimes because we are in a business that runs so fast and so hot, we think, well, this is this is all we can do. Well, we actually have a ton of skills that people in all different kinds of businesses would kill for. And what what needs to occur is for us to recognize that and figure out how to leverage that, whether we're on the air, whether we're post-radio, or whether we are actually continuing a path because putting your roots down in a market is incredible, and there's not just one way to do it. The Radio Rally is our weekly Monday opportunity to visit with radio with our group, The Encouragers. If you've not liked our group, The Encouragers, or followed us, please do so tonight while you're live with us. We have at least two events each week designed to help you grow your radio and audio career. By the way, if you're interested in learning about what is going on with the relationship that the audience is having with television, you should definitely join us for our special live event, How TV Has Been and Is Changing Forever. What does it mean? Thursday, December 2nd, that's coming right up, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, What's on TV now? What is TV now? What do viewers expect? What should you know? Find out. This is a special one-time research discovery with our partner for this event, Futuri Media, directly about television, what consumers are telling us about TV now. And, of course, this comes from the Futuri Uh, Smith-Geiger study that was recently done. Um, Aaron Callahan is going to be our very special guest from Futuri Media. We are going to talk about these things. If you're interested in consumers, television, changing disruption in media, you will want to hear this live event. Our very next guest is half of a revolutionizing afternoon team on Country 103.7 in Charlotte. And uh, look, uh, uh, the other half of that incredible team is actually his wife. They are not simply an afternoon drive show, though. I want to point this out. They were a really great morning show that happens to be doing afternoon drive. Today, we're going to talk about history a little bit, of course. We're going to talk about that job in Charlotte and the path when you're a married couple in the radio business. Chuck, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you? I'm fine. I tell you, since you started the show, what I've been most psyched about is is Don Anthony coming up next week. I think what you need to do, <laughs> no, what you yeah. need to do is get five guys because Don has such a distinctive voice and cadence. Get five guys, and it's not hard to do. Five guys who imitate Don Anthony and have them interview Don Anthony as Don Anthony. It would be the oh, greatest nice. bit ever on your show. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, listen, I want you to start by telling us a story about how you entered the radio business. Where were you? What were the circumstances? What happened, brother? Okay. Uh, goodness. And this is going to, this is going to bring your past into it too, because we both ha- have this in common. Um, I was a, a basketball player of some significant note when I was in high school. And then I got hurt towards the end of my senior year. And when the word got out, that I was damaged goods, the scholarship offers dried up. And so I went to, uh, to Baylor University with zero plan. My mother, I think, really wanted uh, me to have some sort of epiphany and become a Baptist preacher. That didn't work, obviously. Wow. Um, but uh, I went to Baylor, and I was having lunch uh, one day early on in my freshman year with, with someone in the cafeteria. And, you know, in high school, I played basketball, and I made people laugh. 
And she says, you know, you should go out for the campus radio station. And I said, well, why would I want to do that? She says, well, essentially, it's what you're doing with me now, but you get to play music too. And I don't, to this day, don't know why I did it, but I walked in the door for tryouts. And Lloyd, what you miss most when you've played athletics at a very high level, and I played for the United mm-hmm. States overseas in Italy. I mean, I, I played at a very high level. Right. Uh, what you miss most is competition. It is something you can't turn off. It is a Jones to compete that is insatiable. And when I walked into that room, there were 22 people for six spots. And all of a sudden, I was competing. And I believe that that is what has, when everything else is is wrong, what's right is, is radio has always satisfied my Jones for competition. It went from competing to get on the campus radio station to competing to get that first commercial gig in town to going from bad overnight shifts to, okay, I'm going to work weekends seven to midnight to then how can I get on full-time to then what's the best day part full-time, you know, and then I want to get to mornings. I want to compete. And so it was a constant way to challenge myself and a constant way to compete and keep score that, uh, that radio is always satisfied, but, uh, that's how I got started. And from, um, from those beginnings at the campus radio station, uh, at Baylor, gosh, within, within two years, I w- well, no, within, within a year, I was the program director at that station. And for the last two years that I was in school, I was not only the operations manager for the campus radio station, but I was the program director of a radio station in Waco. So I was doing non-commercial hmm. and commercial radio at the same time. Well, you got to tell us which station was it in Waco. It was the best country in the city, KJ&E. Don't look for okay. it. It doesn't, it doesn't exist No, anymore. I know all about that radio station, baby. <laughs> the, the only thing I don't know about your story that you just told just a second ago is I didn't know that Baylor has a radio station. I did not know this. I did know this about you. You are very, very tenacious, and I'm curious about something, and we're going to get into it. I don't think that we can talk to you on the encouragers without talking about Debbie. When did you first meet Debbie? Okay. Everyone prepare yourself. I hired her. Um, It's one of those stories. Wait. Look, look, the the bottom line is either, either I married her or she was going to get sued for sexual harassment by me. One of the two. No, just kidding. Uh, No, what happened? Um, I was uh, a senior at Baylor and was doing afternoons and was the program director at KJ&E. And this was back in the day, and and Lloyd, you remember these days. Uh, Every small Texas town, and Waco is still a small Texas town, um, had radio stations that were owned by Texas oil men because they needed businesses that on paper, and stress the on paper part, Mm. uh, needed to lose money. Because they literally had money flowing out of the ground. And so I worked for this crazy oil guy. And he came into my office one day and he says, the government's all on my career. You need to hire me. You need to hire me a girl. I got EEO problems. And I was like, (laughs) oh, okay, Mr. Moran, we'll, we'll do that. So I opened up my desk drawer where the people would, you know, drop off their tapes and their resumes 
Um, for those of you that don't know, there used to be a thing called audio cassettes, and that's how you did your air checks, and you put them in the mail. It's all a Smithsonian thing now. You have to look it up. Um, but there in my top desk drawer was someone who had dropped off a tape a couple of weeks earlier. Her name was Debbie Beal. She had just graduated from North Texas uh, as a teenager. And by teenager, I mean 15 years old. She was working part-time for radio stations in Dallas. Uh, she, her dad was a disc jockey for more than 50 years for their hometown radio station. And the only real job Debbie's, in fact, no, uh, correction, the only job Debbie's ever had in her life is doing radio. She started when she was 14. So by the time I'm sitting there listening to this tape and, you know, I'm listening to stuff from, from KQZI, you know, in, in Dallas, and she's 16 years old. I'm going, what are we doing here? Um, but uh, hired her to work for me to actually do mornings with someone else. And uh, that's how we met. And she worked for me for a year before anything ever uh, happened. And then we had to keep it on the down low for a long time. Our own people, and what was funny was people at the radio station wanted to set us up and they didn't realize we were already dating. Um, so that's how well, that's that good got ground started. cover right there. Yeah. And so then, so, yeah, go ahead. So let's talk about this. Was it, was it difficult for the two of you to say, no, we should do this as a professional team because that's a different conversation. Well, it actually was a, a necessity. We, um, I, uh, I left, uh, I, I left Waco for, for Tallahassee in right after Koresh. So that is the spring of 93. <laughs> That's a Waco conversation, by the way. <laughs> David Koresh was that crazy guy that burned up all those people. The Branch Davidian uh, compound right. thing, yeah. Um, so that happened in, in, I think, April of 93, and I started in Tallahassee in June or July of uh, 93. And when I left for Tallahassee, I remember Debbie at the time had, had taken a job working in Austin. And I said, you know, if I get to Tallahassee and in six months I miss her, then I'll know it's real and we need to do something about it. I was in Tallahassee three hours and said, I can't live without her. And so we quickly got engaged. We got married. And when she came to Tallahassee, she was doing mornings on a station. Uh, for one company, I was doing afternoons for a, another company, and we were married for about five minutes a day. And uh, we said, you know, we, we kind of like each other and we love this radio business. If we're going to keep doing both, we need to find a way to work together. And at the time, there were there were three. We were the fourth. At the time, there were four or three radio uh, couples working in America. And uh, we, we became the fourth, and we got uh, a guy named Jeff Garrison to take a gamble on us. Uh, no one would hire us in Tallahassee, uh, but in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, Jeff Garrison was uh, working for, was it Benchmark Communications at the time? Yeah. And uh, we were, uh, we put, uh, you were there at the time with Whistle 100, um, but we put 93Q Country on the air in uh, January of 95, uh, with 10,000 songs in a row, we were the first morning show on that station, uh, in February. And the unique trivia question is WFNQ, the new 93 Q country and WESC became the very first same format stations 
uh, once deregulation happened, to be in the same building. We were the guinea pig, uh, the test market uh, for the world, actually, in doing that. But uh, that's how we that's how we got to, got got started working together out of necessity. Well, let's do this. What are the key differences between doing mornings and mm-hmm. doing a personality after personality based afternoon show? Because now, you know, you guys did mornings for a long time and now you've done afternoons for a long time. Yeah, we've actually done afternoons now longer than we did mornings. And that's very strange for me. Um, Crazy. The biggest the biggest difference, and I think it helps uh, when when doing this um that I did spend time as a program director. I did spend time as a music director. And so I understood the nuances of the radio station, not just selfishly our show. And part of making that transition is realizing that there are places where, and I always call it this, and I don't know how else to call it, there's places where you need to let the radio station breathe. in other words, if we've just done a, a, a phone topic that was going in and out of songs for, you know, 20 minutes or whatever, and then we go into a stop set, coming out of that stop set, I need to let the station breathe for two or three songs because at the end of the day, it's still a music radio station. And That's so right. I think I think learning uh, to to pace, pacing, pacing may be more important doing what I do now than it was doing mornings, and it's real important when you're doing mornings. But uh, learning, learning how to pace what you do and learning when and how to let the radio station breathe, I think, are the, the two biggest differences. So interesting. And look, do you, do you two like doing mornings or afternoons better? You know, I asked her this the other day because we hadn't talked about it in a long time. Our son's at college now, and when he was at school, I think our answer would have been different. Um, but uh, I, I have always missed – having my days uh and when you do mornings you have your you have your days um but the trade-off is um i don't miss that alarm clock at 4 3 30 in the morning i never have um yes. you know i think debbie would tell you now that that she really she does miss if she in a perfect world she'd love to do mornings again uh because she's never gotten used to to not having our days Oh, that's so interesting. And plus, you know, earlier, Brittany talked about how the women are multitasking and doing so many (laughs) different things. Look, you can tell that's a big deal. Uh, By the way, I don't usually do something that might be thought of as not encouraging, but I did notice that Debbie, uh, while you're getting a job in Tallahassee, she has already had jobs in Dallas and Austin. So, you are that tail, you know, you're riding the tail, right? I am a, I have a savage eye for talent. And I recognized early on that I needed to hitch my wagon to that one. Uh, well, and she, I think she, you've she done a good me job. A long way. That's great. Let's talk about show prep a little bit. Okay. You know, here you are doing this afternoon show and you're doing an afternoon show with your wife. And I'm just going to say, you really got to like your spouse to be with them all the time. And you're on the air with them. Uh, what kind of prep goes into your afternoon show? Who does the prep? Is it you? Is it Debbie? Are you both doing it? What, well, it's, it, it, it's both, but it's very different. Um, the advantage of doing afternoons as opposed to doing mornings is in mornings, you are finding out current events kind of in real time. Um, right. But when you're doing afternoons, 
you know, Debbie can be downstairs uh, watching the Today Show and flipping around with all the morning news channels. And she'll, you know, uh, part of uh, a huge part of my job and our job now, as opposed to, you know, back in the day, was we're responsible for not just original on air content, but original digital content that has yeah, to be uploaded like on, on a daily basis. And so, you know, part of her thing is, hey, they were just shoot, showing this video. Why don't you see what the, you know, and she'll help out with that. She'll help out with things that, you know, the Today Show or Good Morning America or whatever are hitting on, um, you know, or the local cut-ins, the local TV shows, what they're hitting on is items of importance. And she'll sort of make mental note of that. And then I'm, you know, going through all of the, you know, I, I, I think when it's all said and done, I probably physically read close to 200 pages of information each and every day. And, I, you know, I'm constantly, I, I cut and paste, copy, cut, paste, copy, cut, paste to a, a separate, you know, notepad sheet on my computer. And then I construct a prep sheet every day from there. Uh, yeah, listen, y'all are, y'all are not bashful about content on that show on 103.7 either. You, you have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I, I, I also want to mention this and just kind of ask it as a question again, because I want to make sure I don't, nobody misunderstands this. You're not just regurgitating your afternoon show for digital content. You have some other things going on. No, 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 no. There, that is, in fact, that is, that was vehemently discouraged early on. No, no, no. What gets posted uh, on from us, and we do three to four blog posts a day, um, mm-hmm. and it has to be original content. That is not related to the show. I mean, now, once we're on the air, like today, we posted something and we referred to it once we're on the air. Oh, sure. But in terms of regurgitating content, no, it's completely original content that we may or may not mention on the show. Okay. Now, let's talk about missteps for a minute. Uh, What missteps do teams make when they decide to do an afternoon team show, in in your opinion? Um. Probably they, if they're going from mornings to afternoons, I think that's probably the most difficult thing to do if someone's trying to do it because, look, I'm not going to kid anybody. We all have an ego. We all do. And uh, you have to be willing to let your ego go in that you're not the morning show. And a lot of people, um, what will cause That's a big deal. Yeah, well, you know, and, and but the, you know what was funny was we had we had such a, a a bad experience our last morning show in uh in Birmingham that we were so willing to let oh, to yeah. let to let someone else uh take to take the wheel for a while. You sure. know, we, we were more than willing to let to let someone else be the morning show and be out in that position and and let us sort of you know get a get a regrip on our life after Birmingham. Man, dude, anybody who knew that situation in Birmingham really knew it, knows that that was completely unfair and unbelievable. I hated that for for well, watching they, you go through that. Because I even remember, tell me if I'm wrong, but didn't we have a conversation? Didn't they approach you at some point about? Uh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Yes, oh, yeah, you know. I had, I, had, <laughs> I had all the wrong answers, brother, and they turned out to be all the right answers, unfortunately, for that. <laughs> exactly. So, listen, I'm, I'm going to shift us a little bit here. And I'm going to talk about somebody that that you know very well, Lucy Barrington Nance. This woman is your 
grandmother. Yeah. I'm so sorry for your recent loss. Oh, uh, no uh, worries. But, but but look, I have to say that I personally know this story. I don't know her, but I do know her. My grandmother was the most amazing Christian woman I've personally ever known. Your grandmother was exactly like that, wasn't she? Yeah, she was amazing and uh, lived to be. Listen, a, um, she, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to mention next yeah. is this woman lived from 1917 until yeah. 2021. My grandmother lived to be 97 and a half years to the day. Those two women, that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I know that you talk about her kind of in the way that I talk about my grandmother, that she was this giant. You know, does everybody in your family live that long, brother? I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have a really strong 401k. You and Debbie, you talk about this. Uh, yeah, no, there's there's not a chance I'm making it to 104 after all the nights and bars that I've spent. I see. So you're saying you have contributed some things to your personal life. Oh, yeah. You're not gonna make that possible. Yeah. Let, let's do talk about what you would say your grandmother's example has taught you, Chuck. Oh my gosh. Um, well, you know, the thing that I, I it, it's interesting. Um, I was, I, I wrote about this the day she died, um, mm -hmm. that my last visit with her was just sort of a, a regular deal. My dad and I have had power of attorney, uh, for several years. Although my grandmother still had all of her faculties about her at 104, her, you know, her memory and things were not as sharp at 104 as they were at 94 or 84, but she was right. still there. She knew, every, you know, it was amazing to talk with her, but she just had, you know, as far as the business of her life, she, you know, my dad and I took care of it and we had to go get some papers signed. And, uh, so I went by her retirement home. She, she's here in North Carolina in Matthews. You so and, lucky. And I walked, I walked in and of course, when you're dealing with a retirement community during the pandemic, um, you know, yeah, it's, you, you look, you look like, you know, Dustin Hoffman in outbreak. And so I walked up to her and I had, I still had my sunglasses on from driving in and I had a mask on and, uh, uh, it was Wednesday, which meant it was, you know, hair day. And so she was late getting to lunch. And so she was in the cafeteria by herself having lunch. And I walked up to her and I said, Hey, is this seat taken? And she said, well, who are you? And I said, well, I'm your grandson. She said, oh, yeah, which one? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I, I, said, I, I said, Chuck. And she goes, well, prove it. And so I had to pull my mask down. So she had this, nice. great of, this great sense of humor, and she had this great dry wit. And I think more than anything is that, um, uh, you know, I, I, I just always, when I think of her, I think of that wit and that humor and so I think that the thing that I take away from her, besides besides the living example of, of how she conducted herself in life, which That's I've right. done a poor job of living up to. But, um, you know, just the fact that she she never lost her humor and never lost her ability to laugh at herself uh, and to poke 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 fun at people. And, and you know, that's really that's what I, I when I walked away from her. um the two takeaways I had were that, and then the other thing that struck me was uh, I noticed that my grandfather's wedding ring was around her neck, and he's been gone for about 20 years. And at 104, although people go, wow, it must be great to live to be 104, and, and perhaps on some yeah. level it is. But on the other hand, at 104, everyone who you know and who you've gone. loved, they're, they're gone. And I imagine being 104 
was a very lonely existence. And I, I remember thinking the morning that she died, I, you know, I remember being upset. But then I had this this thought that my grandmother basically went to sleep. And when she woke up, my grandfather was sitting huh. there. And it's he a party. Said, said, great day in the morning, mother. Where have you been? Do you know how many people have been waiting for you? Let's go. And I said, you know, that's that's the best. That's the best. Chuck, I'm going to tell you this, too. If she was anything like my grandmother, this woman for me, she she was such an example in all of our lives. One of the things that she did really well is when circumstances changed in her life, she recalibrated how to find her happiness. And by that, just so I'm being specific, she lost her eyesight. Oh, And then she eventually lost her hearing. And this woman was still happy. And so I thought, well, this is interesting. You know, this is the secret of life. And I thought, well, I just have to do that. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, this is hard, man. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she made it look so easy. It's like one of those professionals that you're like, oh, my God. So let's get back to the radio thing for just a minute. I want to talk about the future a little bit. And nobody knows the future. But but look. You live with Debbie, <laughs> so maybe you do. Where is radio going? How much of the future do you and Debbie embrace? And that's an interesting question. And how do you plan to, plan to manage your career in audio, in the new audio universe that's coming? It's not just radio. There's a lot going on. Well, I, I think, and you and I both, unfortunately, have seen a lot of very, 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 very talented people. That's right. Who refused to change and who oh, yeah. refused to embrace things. And, and unfortunately, those talented people are no longer able to share their talents um, in this business. I've been right. in the unique position, and you have too. We have lived to see the demise of radio at least a dozen times since we yeah. got started. I remember the first thing that was going to do us in was the uh, radio, the uh, music channels on people's cable television systems. That was oh, going to yeah. be the end of us all. And Gun then the next, thing, the next thing was the satellite music network. And that was going to be us. the end of us all. <laughs> and then, you know, we've had the, the Spotify's and the Apple Music's mm-hmm. and the yada yada and the satellite radios. And yet and still, we're still here. And I think that I, I really want to point this out. And this to me... And, and I might be wrong on this, but but I don't think so. I, I believe I know why radio continues to be around. And it is very simple. You, we have the ability to do something that those other services cannot. And that is intimacy with right. our audience. Um, for example, let me just say this. Driving is a very lonely business. You may spend a lot of time in the car with family and friends, but if you really think about it, the majority of time you spend in a car is with you and you alone. And we as human beings, it is in our DNA, we crave companionship. We actually crave pack mentality. We want to be a part of the group. And what we are able to do if we do our jobs right is we are able to create an environment every day that people want to be included in. And if you can make them feel wanted, if you can make them feel included, you will become part of the fabric of their lives and their daily routine, and you will always have a place. Um, It is about creating original, compelling content. And by compelling, I don't mean just funny. 
look, if, if you make someone laugh, that's great. If you make someone cry, that's great. If you make someone mad, that's not great, but you're still provoking an emotional response. Oh, uh, there's a and, place for that. And, and yeah. And, and so, you, you know, our goal every day is in some way, shape or form, we want to provoke an emotional response in our audience in every day. And, I hear that. And so, you know, as far as embracing things going forward, look, embrace everything. If you'd have told me uh, when I started in Charlotte that I was going to be spending as much time creating original digital content as I would be prepping my radio show every day, I'd have said you were mad, but that's what we do every day. And you need to be doing that. And always, I, I always look at it this way, try to be the best at whatever you're doing. So if, if, you're, if you're on the air, Try to be better every day than you were the day before. Try to be the best at what you're doing on the air. If you're blogging, try to be the best damn blogger that you That's can right. be. If you're podcasting, you know, try to try to, to to learn new things, listen to new things, listen to different podcasts. Try to become adept at that, and and just embrace every new thing and embrace it one hundred percent. That's exactly right. Well, listen, thank you, Chuck. I'm so glad that we got an opportunity to visit with you today. Will you stick around for a few minutes in case someone in our audience might have a question for you? Sure, absolutely. You know, every week we love visiting with radio pros from different parts of the country. We do it for a single reason. What is that reason? We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. This is also where you can come and hear from people you might not ordinarily get to hear in an intimate setting talking about radio right now. And you can meet them on our clubhouse events. Follow the people on the stage during this live event and look around the room to see folks that you might want to connect with and network with. That's part of our purpose here is to get you in a networking frame of mind. Don't forget, coming uh, next Monday, this is going to be so much fun. Don Anthony, president of Talent Masters. If you know anything about Morning Show Boot Camp, oh my gosh, don't forget to be here for that next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We are going to open up the room in case you might have a question for somebody on our panel or our guest, just push the button at the bottom of your phone, looks like a small hand. And of course, uh, we'll pop you right up onto the stage live. We do ask that you mute your microphone until we call on you. Check in anytime for the latest update as we continue to add guests, rainmakerpathway.com in our free blog section. That's where you get that done. We do care about the people in the radio business. And so look for free material for you from our free blog section uh, and hook, uh, get the hook up and share it with friends as well. Also, don't forget, you can join us Wednesdays on Clubhouse Live for what we call innovation in audio. And we want this to always be anything but the normal. So on innovation in audio, we generally have two guests, but one is from radio and one is from what I call the innovation corridor, because we want to talk about true innovation, how to create environments for innovation, how that occurs best, and how to generate real innovation. Uh, check this out. Two days from right now, Wednesday, November 17th, Howard Moskovitz is going to be, Mosk I knew I was going to mess his name up. 
Moskowitz is going to be with us. This guy is an absolute legend. He is the co-founder and scientific director of the World Institute for Competitive Excellence, but he has changed everything about how you get choices at the grocery store and your relationship with food. It's a huge deal. You don't want to miss it. You can go to RainmakerPathway.com in our free blog section. Look in our uh, schedule for innovation and audio, and you can source directly the uh, YouTube video that is about him that uh, Malcolm uh, did uh, that is a TED Talk. It's only about Howard. You definitely want to check that out. Malcolm Gladwell is the, the guy who's giving the lecture to talk about Howard. He will be with us this Wednesday. So I have a question now for Chuck. And Chuck, I, I just want to ask you this. Uh, you know, I didn't know about the basketball thing at all. I had no idea about that. But I do know about you and golf. And I know about your son in golf. Who is the best golfer in your family, sir? We actually played. He he came home uh, this past weekend, and we went out and played. And we, I'm not making this up. We both tied. We we both shot 75, and we're uh, we're very upset by the fact that one of us did not beat the other. Um, we are. Uh, it kind of drives Debbie crazy, but it's. Uh, um, my son and I have a, an absolutely wonderful relationship and, and my, my son rises, the sun rises and sets with my boy, uh, oh, it's very clear. In, in, so, in so many ways, but, uh, we are very competitive on the golf course against one another. Uh, and, and it kind of drives her crazy, but it always has. But, uh, but as of, as of Sunday, the, uh, the, the title for, for the free world is split between the two of us. Well, and it's interesting, if you're very fortunate, you'll have a long time to work that out. And uh, Chuck, it's probably not going to go well for you as age catches up. Of course, oh, no, you know he, this. He, he hits the ball so much further than I do. It's it's really embarrassing. Yeah, it's really kind of interesting what happens across time as the young lion challenges the old lion. You know the story. I, I do want to ask Brittany a question uh, about, you know, look, people come in and out of our business, especially with consolidation and all that, what is your advice for when you know when it's time to make a different decision? So I would probably say, you know, I mean, it's hard, right? Yeah, it, it is a hard question. In your gut, you know, but 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 it's much deeper than that. You know, um, I guess you know your answer when you try your hardest to go against the grain. Like so, for example, mm. when I got laid off, a consolid consolidation happened. Of course, right. and everybody's getting laid off. When I tried to put that uh, round peg in a square hole in, in a metaphoric way. And I keep trying and I keep trying to get a job here locally within a 50 mile radius. I keep trying to go back into radio in Louisiana, Mississippi or Texas. Right. And I'm getting these job offers like I had one in Natchez, Mississippi, which is an unrated market. 
And I said, well, you know, Natchez isn't that far. Uh, I even got a, a job offer um, as an OM there and afternoon drive. And I was going to be. So you think about driving back and forth. Yes. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I can make this work. I'm like, I can do this. We could do No, I couldn't. I knew better than that. So no matter what, because uh, I was going to be that drive every day. Y'all, that's an hour and a half drive every day. Um, no way. And so I was like, well, maybe I could make my marriage work. Uh, that's going to be rough because uh, we had young kids at the time. Uh, they're still young. And so when you realize that it's always going to be a, a, a square peg in a round hole and it's going to be like that for a little while and there isn't a, a round a peg in a round hole and you can't make it happen, that's when I slowly realized that I'm going to have to walk away from radio. Not final but for now, and if God yeah. wants that door to open again, he's going to he's going to bl- not just open it. He's going to blow it wide open. If God wants well, that, to happen. love that you know? attitude. That is perfect. And thank you for being with us. We do try to keep things to about an hour. One of the great things about our live events is that you can listen. No one's required to ask questions. This is a safe space for you all. So you can come and Our job is to bring compelling content. Hopefully that you can get something from for your own career. Thank you for joining us every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, email me. It's easy, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope you have a great week. We'd like to say this at Rainmaker Pathway and the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. That has not changed. Not from the MTV is going to challenge us. Not from the satellite radio is going to challenge us. Not from any of that stuff. A big thank you to Ashley Wilson, who is always amazing for being one of great uh, co-host for this event. Our thanks to Chuck and Brittany for our uh, being our patient and giving guests. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which should be available in the next few minutes or next 30 minutes or next 24 hours. I promise you it'll be there and he's usually pretty fast. And we want to say thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share our podcast. We have two the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio or people who love innovation. It's good for them, too. Our podcasts are available right now on Apple, Spotify, on uh, Audible, and anywhere you get your podcast. Please remember this. If you don't remember anything else, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally and the Encouragers, and good night.